Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Simon Edmondson makes his NHL debut in Detroit's 5-1 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, happy Monday, Scotty. How you doing? How's your weekend, buddy? It was all right. Uh, traveled. I'm down in uh, visiting some family and down south in Georgia. It's not too much warmer, which is kind of disappointing. But yeah, how about you? Doing pretty good. Uh, I would have been a lot happier if the Red Wings had gotten a win for Simon Evans's NHL debut. But here we are. We're really close on that one. So <laughs> it was not really close, but we are happy nonetheless, right? I mean, Simon Edmondson got called up to the Detroit Red Wings, and you know we talked about it on Friday, and we mentioned that with Trot being week to week, this is a move that we could see because would the Red Wings want to roll out three seventh D man? until Sherrod's healthy, or do they want to call up since they have a roster spot, someone to give him a look. And Simon Evanson playing as well as he was down in Grand Rapids this season clearly has shown growth on North American sized ice. They decided to call him up and give him the opportunity. And as much as that loss sucks, losing to Colorado at home five to one stinks. It was really nice to see Simon Evanson make his NHL debut. And he played on a third pair with Robert Haig, but you know, it was, he didn't like, come out and like wow me but he he looked comfortable he didn't look too out of place too often a couple flubs here and there but I liked what I saw from the most part from this former sixth overall pick yeah I mean we didn't we didn't get to do a show after he got the call right like that happened on a Friday so we've had to wait until yeah we've (laughs) had to wait until now to even like discuss the fact that it happened and uh it's awesome it's it's super exciting like you said, we talked about it a little bit on Friday and just discussed the fact that uh, I think I had said something about like, oh, like, you know, call-ups would be cool, but I don't expect anyone to get more than like nine, you know, go go over that nine game threshold for, you know, service manipulation stuff. And yet, uh, you know, within hours of me <laughs> saying that, here he is. So very uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess, is what I'll call it. But Also, if there was anybody that was going to get the call up and they were going to break through that service time thing with, it was going to be him just because if you followed him or watched him down in Grand Rapids, he is very clearly too good for that league at this point. Like he he, very clearly. And it's not again, to your point, it's it's not like he was consistently finding his way on, on, you know, like when Cider was down there, it seemed like he was on a highlight reel every night or something. And it hasn't quite been like that, but. He just is is very clearly a a better than AHL level defenseman yeah. and just does everything correctly and is kind of just dominating in more of a, a a sturdy way than a flashy way and so he uh, yeah it, it's really really exciting that he got the call up in this game to your point I think that uh, he he looked fine and and dating back to the preseason you know you can go and listen to our old episodes where we talked about you know a lot of the concern I guess would be the word around watching Edmonds Edvinson in the preseason was you know he it almost looks like it's the moments like a little too big for him he's, he's making some uh not very 
smart mistakes and and it just felt like he kind of got swallowed up by it early on whereas in this game you know it's one game we'll see how he does from here on out but uh in this one game against a really good team he, he the moment did not seem too big for him and he looked pretty sound I agree yeah I mean I think referring back to the preseason is a good point because in the preseason, when you say he made some not so smart plays, there are instances where it felt like he was trying to force plays, trying to make a big play. And he hasn't, wasn't quite adjusted to the NHL level yet. So they, that's why they sent him. And I believe correctly down to the AHL and, you know, watching him in this game, you can still see like there's clear growth that still needs to be done. Um, but he has def- definitively come a long way from the preseason and that adjustment to the NHL ice is the biggest thing. He made some really key zone entry denials in the game against the Colorado Avalanche, which is huge. And again, he was playing on the third pair with Robert Haig. So he was playing against, you know, maybe maybe didn't have, I don't want to like just dis, be disrespectful. He wasn't put on like the best pairing ever, but he was also put in the most sheltered minutes against the, hopefully most of the time, because sometimes these days don't work out one for one every time. But the players in the Avalanche who are of, I don't want to say least concerned because the Avalanche team is very good, but it's not. Hopefully, he's not out there against Nathan McKinnon uh, and Cal <laughs> McCarr, right? <laughs> um, but he, so he was out there. They put him in a situation where he could get his feet wet, and I thought he did very well. There were a couple moments where he had flubs here and there. You could chop that up to just like for NHL debut jitters. And I do think there is still growth left. Obviously, he's it was his first NHL game, but there's still obvious growth that needs to be done. But comparing that back to the preseason game, the way you put it, Scotty, it is night and day how much he is, how far he has come in just three quarters of a season down there in Grand Rapids. And, you know, I just think that I, I do think that by the end of his nine games played, he'll, I know you say if there's anyone who will go over that service time, it will be Simon Edmondson. I still think in the back of my mind, once he hits that nine game mark, they'll probably make that decision. I mean, once they have a, it's pretty clear they're not going to make the playoffs, but in nine games, they'll really know. So like if they're within striking distance, maybe they just breach that nine games, but more likely than not, they won't. And at that point I could totally foresee them just be like, go back to grand Rapids, finish your season there, continue to grow. We'll let you start the first year on your ELC next year, (laughs) because they don't want to, like you said, burn that first year of entry level contract and service time. Yeah, I, I can – that's very much shown in the back of my head as well. And, I mean, I don't know. It, it would be kind of fun if we got, like uh, – Oh, yeah, I'm rooting for like that. mini revolving door of, like, you know, he hits nine games, he goes down, and then, like, Johansson comes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we just have, like, a like a little kind of circus. And, and well, not a circus. What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, I, Whatever. Anyway, just kind of like the revolving door of – of, I don't know, prospects or youth that could come through and, and kind of fill that role would, would kind of be a fun way to end the season. So I'm not necessarily against that, but I do want to see as much Simon Edmondson as possible for whatever it's worth. So, um, but yeah, the, the like I said, the moment didn't look too big for him. He looked pretty sound. He made a couple of really nice plays and he definitely looked a, a lot more, uh, I think you said comfortable earlier. And I think that's definitely the word. He looked far more comfortable in this one than, he really ever did in the preseason. Yeah, I would love to see Albert Johansson up here too. But as a commenter pointed out to me, he apparently has been out with an injury since March 4th. Um, I don't know the severity of the injury, so hopefully he can get healthy because I'd still love to see him get a look as well because he's, you know, he's been very good, albeit playing through things this season. So I'd love to see 
both those guys at some point this season, because when we talk about, we talked about on Friday reasons to watch. I mean, growth of young guys was one of those and the call-ups, I put it as a September call-ups, so to speak in baseball terms, uh, right. For the, for the Detroit Red Wings as the season winds down and we're seeing it. I mean, Simon Edmondson is the first one. And of course this happened mainly because Chirac got injured, but because of the roster space, they could have done it regardless. I'm digging it. I, I like it a lot. And I think his first game, while he didn't like blow me away, he didn't look out of place either. And that's it. That's an important first step for any rookie. Cause not everyone, even though your first round pick sixth overall, especially when you're marketed as like a defensive defenseman, you're not going to come into the league game one and score a hat trick. You're not Austin Matthews. That's just, you you got to you got to temper your expectations no matter where players are drafted in their first NHL game. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, the biggest thing for me is just give us give us a building block, right? Give us something that um, we can look. What is there's like a you? hair hanging from there? We go a okay, hair hanging from my bill. We and all it's, know it's not a hair, dude. Okay, it's the cat's hair. <laughs> it's on. It was on my bill and it was in my periphery and it was bothering the hell out of me and I couldn't get it, so I had to take my hat off. All right, yeah, continue. A We're hair, dude, for sure. It was the um, cat's hair. <laughs> oh, just give us a building block, though. That's the thing. Like, just give us something that we – a performance we can look at and go, okay, um, you know, in next game I want to see, like, this and this adjustment, but that was a really solid first game, and I think that's what he gave us. Absolutely. So, Scotty, uh, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation, actually kind of delve into the 5-1 loss and uh, then in segment three, we'll do a game preview uh, against the Florida Panthers. And of course, it's not on Valley Sports because God forbid Dude, we ever when was play the, the last Panthers. Time we played the Panthers and it wasn't nationally televised to I, some extent. I it's think ridiculous. We got one this season. It is one. literally ridiculous. The last like three <laughs> years, every single Panthers game is. ESPN plus TNT or NHL network, dude. It's preposterous. So yeah, look forward to that coming uh, on lockdown Red Wings. But first I got all of them. (laughs) I got to talk to you guys today about athletic greens. This next partner is a product. You got to use literally every day. Start taking AG one because with one delicious scoop of AG one, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated routine that to recover, and it cost him $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens, and it's going to cost you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance that has over 7,000 five-star reviews and re- recommended by tons of professional athletes. Tarek Skubal being one of them. We talked about that a lot start of last tiger season so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network again that is athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the five to one loss to the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, Scotty, we were uh, talking a lot in segment one about Simon Edvinson. And part of that is also because when breaking down this game, it's hard to want to talk about anyone else. 
Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, it, it was clearly the scoreboard is uh, is not great, but um, I, I think the frustrating part of this game is just how it fell apart. Like the the first period was pretty competitive, and the Wings I thought came out of the gate and looked pretty darn good, but that third period was brutal. And, and like the end of the game, just it it almost looked like people just like stopped skating. Like it was it was a really rough end to a game. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you, you, you really did. I mean, you kind of like, dare I say outplayed Colorado in the first, but it all came crashing down in a very big way. Yeah. I mean, I think they came out of the gate and performed well, obviously after the first period, it was tied to one to one, uh, that first goal Devontae scored. That was all Colorado. I mean, yeah. the, the way they cycled the puck and the Red Wings could do nothing but watch and chase. Everybody was puck watching. Everybody was following the puck carrier and they were just cycling the puck around because no Red Wing player was trying to anticipate the Colorado Avalanche's next move. They were just caught watching what they were currently doing. And it bit them in the ass when Devontae scored from what near the point almost. Uh, and so that goal was pretty embarrassing, but they got it right back. Pew Suter with a feed from Dylan Larkin. It was a nice shot by Pew Suter as he kind of continues again on the top line as a winger with Dylan Larkin, continues to get that shot. His the, stock the, is the rising. Sign Suter campaign is in full effect, man. He's making a he's making a push for it. I mean, on a team that is struggling, he has been one of the few consistent players for the Detroit Red Wings. So Pew Suter has continued to look good. Again, Dylan Larkin gets an assist, so that's another point towards Again, one of our other reasons to watch, see if Dylan Larkin can break his career high in points. That assist uh, keeps him on that trend. But, you know, after that goal and it was tied up one to one, it all came crashing down because what's funny is, and I was telling you this before the game. So the Red Wings had a Corsi four percentage of 67% and expected goals for four percentage of 71%, well, basically 72% in the first period at five on five. And that Corsi four and expected goals four percentage carried them to the end of the game. Because at the end of the game, they still technically had the because they outshot the Colorado Avalanche at the end by a pretty wide margin, I believe. At the end of the game, I actually have that up uh, 34 to 23, 11 more shots than the Avalanche. But the shot attempts, they they only outshot attempted them in the first period, but that carried them to the end of the game. The final was 52 percent and 50 percent right. for the Red Wings at Corsi four and expected goals for, despite the fact that the Avalanche had the edge large in the second and third period. That's just how well they came out of the gate in the first period. Um, and I can pull it up here. I'll show you guys visually. So you know what I'm talking about. You can see it on the graph because this is the Corsi four percentage at five on five, but you see how the Red Wings really took, took like punched Colorado in the mouth with shot attempts, shot attempts at all only shot attempts in the first period. And that carried them to the end of the game. Cause you can see the rest of the game, that bar graph sl- slowly moved down, but, it's just that's just how good of a first period the Red Wings had, and then they just decided not to play the second and the third, and that's what it looked like when watching the game too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> couldn't agree more. There was a couple. I mean, the the shorthander was absolutely devastating. Mm. That I'm pretty sure somebody. I, I wish I could give credit. I, I don't remember who the who found the stat uh, initially, but I think it was making the rounds on wings twitter after that that the red wings have the most shorthanders given up this season in the nhl so um if that's true that's super cool yeah super cool love you love to see that um, yeah. it's they're 
pretty bad on their own power play at defending, which is yeah. kind of crazy considering they have an extra. Not man. new either. Not like new. this season, new. I mean, like we, that's been a thing for the last couple of years. I mean, every single goal you could go down the list. I mean, you know, just to refresh myself before recording, I rewatched every single goal, and it was the same problem. The team, and obviously, you are the shorthanders. There's no excuse. You were down four on three for a power play goal. Power play goals happen. Whatever. But every single one is just puck watching. It's just puck watching and not moving your feet, which I believe you said. So it's just after the first period, it felt like the team's feet wasn't moving. And it can you can split the team right down the right down the freaking middle, too, in terms of uh Corsi four percentage and expected goals four percentage. I mean, half the team is well above 50%. And then there's like a break point where everyone is well below 40%. So the last person who is Above expected goals for percentage of above 50% is David Perron at 54%, almost 55%. It's 54.92. After that is Simon Edvinson, and he's at 38.66, and it's down from there, and it's split right in the middle. So literally half There's of There's no your one team, in the 40s. <laughs> yes. Literally half of your team outshot the Colorado Avalanche, and the other half of your team just didn't show up to play. And again, like I'm not gonna, I'm not crapping on Edvinson because again, it was his it was his debut. It, that was that was just rough to see. Let me zoom in so you guys can see it. But like, <laughs> too far, too far. Here you go. You can see it right here where it's Zarnik with limited ice time was like seventy eight percent. Kubalik was good. Bergen was really good in this game. I do want to give credit to him. Yeah. But again, Robert Haig put put respect on his name. Respect Robert Haig. Uh, Andrew Kopp, Oli Mata, Phil Zadina, Osterle, Peron, all well above fifty percent. And then after that, it's just a steep drop off. So like half of your team showed up to play, and then the other half just what didn't. And it's just a tale of two teams. And I would argue that this is depth versus depth. But actually, and a lot of if you look at this, it was your top performers, your top liners in this game, who were at the bottom of the list. And what that tells me is that our top performers can't measure up against the Colorado Avalanche's top performers, which, let's be honest, we already knew. Because your depth players are the ones who played the best, in terms of shot attempts and when they were on the ice, what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's a healthy mix of both. I mean, like, like Kubelik and cop were, were toward the top of the list, but then like Raymond was toward the bottom. Raymond, of the list. Larkin and like, Suter are all near the bottom. Cider and Wallman are at the bottom. Um, yeah. Those are the biggest offenders I would say for sure, which is funny because Larkin and Suter, we're the only two that got on the point sheet, but that again, yeah. that just tells me how badly that line got outplayed versus sure. like the top line of the Colorado avalanche. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we're, we're not gonna in our present state going to outmatch the abs in terms of, uh, in terms of like top six talent or whatever, but I do want to give credit to Andrew Cobb because I, I feel like he got off to a slow start this year and everybody was kind of ragging on him early on and I, I feel like really the last like two or three weeks as a whole we've pretty much said like oh Andrew Kopp had a really good game today like yeah. after almost every game for the last month-ish so um just wanted to to point that out because I, I I really liked the signing when it happened and I still I, I still do and I'm you know a lot more optimistic about the next whatever three years than I, mean I think a lot of people were back in like December you and I are of the same mindset where when it comes to Andrew Kopp, it's going to be year two where we really figure out what the value yeah. of this contract is going to be because year one's kind of a wash given the, the surgery he went through. Core surgery takes forever to recover from. It's not, it does not going to happen overnight. So, you know, he's finally becoming the Andrew Kopp we signed. 
but a lot of people are going to still have that sour taste in their mouth from the first half. So we've decided we're going to put off judgment with him until yeah. year two, give him time to actually fully get his strength back because your core is your everything. It is literally everything in hockey and sports in general. If you Just have a, in life, dude, yeah. you don't realize how much, how much you, uh, how, how vital, I guess I would say your core is, or like your back too, like that area. You don't realize how often you use those muscles until, until you hurt them, man. That that's really is brutal. It turns out that your core, which means, you know, your center, like the literal middle of your body. Turns out you use that a lot. It, yeah. And like literally everything you do. So uh, it turns out when that has surgery and you're recovering those muscles, it can affect how you play. So go figure. Anyway, Scotty, uh, let's see. We should probably talk about the Huso thing, but we'll, we'll let's do that when we come back. Uh, and then whatever left you have to talk about from this 5-1 to loss, we can. Sure. That's no, fun. I don't really know if I want to. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's uh, talk about Built Bar, Scotty. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they, they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. It's yours. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. And as always, you can always go to Built.com. It's tried and true, guys. It works every time. So make sure you go to built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club. You won't regret it. Segment three, hey, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I really was hoping you wouldn't bring it up. Have you tried uh, Have you tried churro yet? Uh, so anyway, Scotty, Vili Huso. Vili Huso, would you make his uh, performance in this one as he ultimately got pulled in the third period for Magnus Halberg? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty deserved pull, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, you know, we've sang the praises of, of Huso obviously, a lot this season. And for the first third of the year, probably, he was comfortably the most valuable Red Wing on the team. I mean, maybe you can argue still to this day, honestly, he, he's arguably the one of the more valuable wings on the team this season. And uh, this was just not a very good performance. You know, in the first period, like a lot of – it's kind of the same song and dance as – uh, what we, we said about the rest of the team, but uh, I didn't think he looked that bad in the first. And then as the game went along, I, uh, yeah, just not a very good performance. I, I, I didn't disagree with the poll, not that it would have changed the outcome really, no matter what they did, but well, um, some, I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not against it. And sometimes the, the, and we talked about this early in the season when I ranted that when in a game where they didn't pull Huso and they didn't right. pull Helberg, and a lot of people pushed back and said, well, there's, you know, down by four with 15 minutes left in the game. What's the point of pulling your goalie? Um, well, for me, it's less of a punishment, more of a life preserver. Like, I'm going to get you out of this. Because while he didn't have a good game by any stretch of the imagination, I mean, any game where you give up five goals is not a good game. 
it's not 100% his fault. And I know you weren't implying that, but that, that's just the reality. I, the Devontae's goal was a shot from the point. Could he have made the save? Yes. Um, but his entire team was caught puck watching. So yeah. They were cycling the puck. Just everyone was standing still. The Nathan McKinnon goal. I mean, Nathan McKinnon on a breakaway where the rocket of a shot. Uh, I mean, yeah, he could, could he have made a save on it? Sure. But Nathan McKinnon and like, I could might come off as me making excuses, but it's just so tough when you're playing a team like the Colorado avalanche where I'm saying, yes, Billy Huso could have done better, but he was also not helped out by his team at all. Bowen Byram four on three power play goal. The Lars Eller shorthanded goal. Miko Rantanen goal. There were so many times that Miko Rantanen goals across crease goal on a two on one. I mean, what it's, it's just, what do you want your goaltender to do when you don't give him any support out front? And so, yes, he is at fault partially, but it's also a huge part of this blame goes on the team in front of him. And we had this conversation so much last year with Nadelkovic and uh, Thomas Grice, where it's like, yeah, they could have done better. But how how many times in a year are we going to rely on our goalies to bail us out of a hockey game when we don't do when the Red Wings don't do anything to support them out front? I mean, how many games has Vili Huso won because he was so damn good? How many like the three to not? I always go back to the three nothing shutout win over the Predators, where the Red Wings yeah. got heavily outplayed. For once, it would just be nice if the Red Wings could bail their goalie out. A goalie having a bad game and the Red Wings perform above that to win it that would just be so nice it's it's getting really old where like again yes Huso had a bad game but it's getting really old where we have to rely on our goalies to put the team on their back that's why I don't ever want to blame the goaltending solely the goaltending for a loss when the goaltending for three quarters of the Red Wings wins are the sole reason they won the hockey game if you look at most of the Red Wings wins they get outplayed in almost every single game at five on five. <laughs> it's because of, albeit special teams, power play was doing very good for several of those wins along that win streak. It was incredible, but also superb goaltending. And it would just be nice for once if the team could repay the favor and they just did not in this game. And so along through who saw a life preserver, he said, I'm going to get you out of this game. And that's the end. So while yes, to finish it off, go back to my original point. Huso definitely shares some of the blame, but I I will withhold full blame on him when the team in front of him gave him no help. I agree. We uh, we're staying on brand. Goalie defenders through and through, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, when you grow up as a defenseman, it's hard to ever blame your goalies uh, because you you know you get really close to your goaltenders back there. Fair enough. So, all right, Scotty, do you have any final thoughts on the game? No, I'm ready to move on to <laughs> let me know if you stop me if you've heard this before. A nationally televised game against the Florida Panthers. It does it count as nationally televised if it's on NHL network and you have to have like the best cable package to have yeah, it. You're right. I mean, it is if you have NHL network, it is across the nation, but NHL network's like you have to have the most expensive cable package to be able to watch it. Yeah. Like, why? Why took care about growing the game, dude? Well, also, like, why these two teams? Like, yes, the Florida Panthers are a playoff team. Like, they're they're in that hunt. Care about growing the game, dude. But like, (laughs) whether the Florida Panthers are a very good hockey team. They struggled early in the season, but they have since recovered. Huge uh, shakeup to their roster, but they have been 
performing regardless. Matthew Kachuk is Matthew Kachuk still 92 points in 66 games played. Con, uh, Carter Verhage, 61 points in 68 games played. You got uh, Alexander Barkov, of course. He's got only 55 games played, but he's got 60 uh, points. They're still a really punchy-in-the-mouth team in terms of scoring, but they got good defense and, you know, average goaltending. But their shot suppression is so good. They're, I think, second in the league in shot suppression. Yeah. In terms of their Corsi against, let me just sort this, and I have it sorted right this time. They're third in the league for shot attempts against with 2,906 shot attempts against. That's the third best in the league. And their course of Corsi four, their shot attempts four is fourth in the league. So they're, they shoot a lot and they stop a lot of shots. And that's why they have the third best Corsi four percentage in the league. And they're right in the wild card hunt. With I think even though I think they're sitting right outside the wild card right now, yeah, they're the third in the wild card race in the Eastern Conference. I think they have the best chance based on strength of schedule to make the playoffs. Yeah. I honestly do expect them to make the playoffs. I think the it's tough because Islanders are Pittsburgh are right there, but I think the Panthers team's too good to to miss. We'll see how I, that pans out, but they're still a really good hockey team. Yeah, it's a darn good team. We've talked about them a lot, you know, dating back to the preseason even. That was something – this is a team that we've – obviously, interdivision. This is a team that we've uh, talked about quite a bit. And, yeah, I, I fully expect them to make the postseason as well. This is a huge game for them. So, if you want to play a little bit of spoilers and, and maybe steal a victory and not let them get a couple of points, that would be uh, that would be awesome. But, yeah, this is a, a very, very important game to the Panthers – um, and yeah, you, you have, uh, you have an opportunity to, there to go ruin some fun. So, and the one thing about the Florida Panthers that is kind of keeping them out of the playoff mix though, the one weakness you want to exploit is their penalty kill. Scott, I'm going to give you one guess. If you don't already know where their penalty kill is ranked. And like when, when I say one guess what between one and 10, 10 and 20 and 20 and 32. Oh, I mean, okay. The bottom one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they, they are ranked 27th okay. in the league in penalty kill. Wow. Only 74% success rate. So Red Wings, for comparison, are at 19th yeah. in the league. So if you want to exploit one aspect of the Florida Panthers, it's going to be their penalty kill. Get them frustrated, make them take bad penalties, and score a lot of goals because you want to play spoiler. That's one of the best reasons to still watch this hockey team right now is because you could ruin some hopes for many teams, but Absolutely. again, I mean, this yeah. team is so this team shoots the puck so much and they possess the puck so well. I mean, that's part of the reason also why you, they don't see a lot of shot attempts against is because your opponents can't shoot the puck against you. If you don't give them the puck right. <laughs> in a lot of instances, that's why, you know, Carolina, Pan, or Carolina, Carolina Panthers, Carolina hurricanes are one of the few teams that, you know, are really good at suppressing shots shot attempts because of the fact that they just play really good defense. A lot of your top end teams suppress shot attempts because they just don't give up the puck. And the Florida Panthers are one of those Calgary flames are one of those. So yeah, I mean, if you want to win, if you want to win, get them on the penalty kill. My key to the game is score more than the Panthers. Beautiful. Great stuff from uh, this writer over here. Remember, guys, he is a he is a writer from the Detroit News. There it is. Haven't used that in a while. There it is. Haven't used that in a bit. Yeah. No. I also have this one. 
that's ridiculous. I don't remember that one. I did that ran. You were like, go- you weren't doing a monologue one time for like three solid minutes. And I was just like, I typed that and I put it up and then you never noticed it. So it was just on one of our episodes way back when. That's super funny. Yeah, I, I've never noticed that before right now until right now. So, <laughs> All right, Scotty, any final thoughts, man? We ball. All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a game recap. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. Your team every day. Every day. <laughs>